You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, at the end of the day, football is football. All, all, all Patriots, all, all the time. Ooh, that's that, that spicy. All, all Patriots, all, all the time. Welcome to, 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 to First and Foxborough. What's going on, everybody? Another episode of First and Foxborough. We are previewing Jets Week. Part two, huge, just absolutely massive football game about to happen on Sunday for your New England Patriots and their playoff hopes. And to preview that and just to kind of, I don't know, just just recap and and talk through all the different storylines that are going on with this team. Very few men better to do this with than Chris Gasper of the Boston Globe, columnist for them and occasional drinking buddy for me. Chris, how (laughs) are you doing? I'm good, Kyrie. How are you? How are you? Thanks for having me on the pod. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm doing great. You know, it's funny. It's like, I'm, again, a little under the weather right now, but I was thinking, you know what? Like, I'm doing this on Thursday. Shouldn't we just go do this at Turtle Swamp or something like that? Like, I feel like one of these times, like, that that might be fun. Just set up a remote and just, just be pounding beers. The only problem is, as you know, I mean, what am I going to do with my daughter? Because she's just going to be hopping up on here. Just, that's actually one of her favorite things is to jump on the microphone oh so so see she takes after her dad she's she's a star yeah no absolutely that that would be kind of fun you know a couple of a couple of orange lines and just chop it up but i guess we'll just have to make do with this yeah yeah for now for now we'll go ahead and make do with this and and yeah. look until, until you get that big sponsorship from turtle swamp exactly you know what should approach them about that you know just see well they're getting some free publicity here (laughs) oh hell yeah yeah as a matter of fact i'm gonna go ahead and tell them about this maybe maybe (laughs) i should go there today and be like hey i'm i'm just i'm shouting you out on the pod so like can you hook me up a little bit can we get can we get a little bit of a partnership deal i could do a remote show every week live stream whatever but look let's get to the meat on the bone the new england patriots like i said just Massive game coming up on Sunday. Patriots are five and four, last in the AFC East, but also holding the last playoff spot in the AFC. Just like we all figured coming into the year that the AFC East was going to be dominating the AFC playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's really it's 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 incredible. And you look at this division, 
And I think there was a feeling the division would be better, but that Buffalo would be head and shoulders above everybody yeah. else. And that's obviously not the way it's worked out. And you look at the huge strides, obviously, the Miami Dolphins have made under Mike McDaniel. He really was brought in to figure out once and for all whether Tua Tungavailoa is the guy. He certainly has played like the guy for the Dolphins. Uh, you know, when he's out there they and can start a game and finish a game, they pretty much don't lose. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, the Patriots opponent this week, the Jets, I think they've taken a major step forward that not everybody necessarily saw coming. So when you look at this division, it's it's really, really tough. And when you look at the Patriots and the back half of their schedule, Kyrie here, we're past the bye. They played nine games. There's eight games to go. And you look at that, half of those games are in this division, two against Buffalo, this game against the Jets, and one against Miami. So the, the division really could tell the tale for the 2022 Patriots. Yes, and there are a couple of games in that schedule that definitely look more winnable now than than maybe we thought we were coming up, coming up like the Raiders. There, there is still that that X factor of you know Josh McDaniels, the ex Belichick coach. I mean, he's he's beaten Belichick's Patriots in the past uh, when he was with Denver, and it really just seems to be a thing with former Patriots assistants or. Patriots players that go elsewhere and somehow just keep on beating Belichick, even if they're on bad teams, right? Even Matt Patricia beat the freaking Patriots. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Yeah, you're right. That's that was the one that was popping into my mind was, you know, Matt Patricia is now the offensive play caller for the Patriots. But as, as much as he struggled in Detroit, he was still able to beat the Patriots <laughs> and the Patriots with Brady and Belichick. So these guys, you know, when they go off on their own, it doesn't seem like they can take the secret sauce with them and replicate it and replicate the recipe, but they certainly know enough about the ingredients that when they face the Patriots, that they're able to disrupt them. And so I agree with you, you know, just looking down the road to that Raiders game, I think a lot of people look at the Raiders and say, Hey, you know, they're completely dysfunctional. This game doesn't look as tough, you know, chalk that up as a win. But as you saw, even in the preseason, I know it's just preseason. Mm -hmm. The Raiders look like they really were well-prepared to face the Patriots and certainly Nobody knows the Patriots better than the, outside their building uh, than Josh McDaniels. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I feel like, you know, we'll, we'll get to predictions about what's going to happen. Right. But maybe if you go four and four that that works and you find yourself in there, that gets them nine and eight, which is what I had them at before the year. But that's actually a good segue into my next question, which is, are these Patriots better or worse than you expected? at this point in the season when, when you're looking back at what your preseason predictions were? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I, I would say I also had them at nine and eight. So I was there with you in terms of that particular, um, you know, prediction model. I would say that they're about what I thought they would be in terms of, look, they're a team that beats up on bad teams yeah. and quarterbacks who are, middling or below average. And that's what they've done. I mean, you look at their five wins and I'm not trying to discredit them, but just look at the teams that they've beaten. You beat Pittsburgh when Trubisky was still the quarterback. You beat Detroit, you beat Cleveland. Uh, that's, you know, those teams are, are, are bad teams. Those are below 500 teams. You beat the Colts when they removed Matt Ryan. They had Sam Ellinger. It's the last game of Frank Reich. The Colts are also a below 500 team. So, you know, I've talked about this game as sort of like validation Sunday, really, for both teams, both the Jets and the Patriots, because I think there's validation out there for both of them. The Patriots, their best win is the Jets, you know, and the Jets have lost 13 straight games to the Patriots. So they want to prove, hey, we're not the same old Jets. But for the Patriots, I think if they can beat the Jets again, there's some validation in that. Because while I don't think the Jets are, are world beaters by any means, 
Uh, they're a pretty solid team, and, and that's the Patriots' best win. So to circle back sort of to your overall question, the, the Patriots are about what I thought they would be, but they've gotten to that point in maybe a little different way than I imagined. Yeah, I never imagined that we'd be talking about whether Mac Jones is the best quarterback option for this team or whether he's backslid nine games into the season. I just sort of assumed that yeah. he would have improved this year, even with the changes on the offense. And obviously we haven't seen that. So the record's about what I expected, but how they've arrived at that record, I, I couldn't have foreseen that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think the other thing, right, is, so you're talking about the Jets, right? That being the best win. And I mean, that's a good team with a quarterback that you don't know. You don't know if he's good, right? I mean, every time he plays the Patriots, he's horrible. And I mean, he's been bad at other points this year, but then he goes out and rebounds a little bit the next week. And so he's got a little bit of momentum coming into this. And so you're saying, okay. And and I actually think that last year in the home game that they played, I think it was in, in week seven or something like that against the Patriots and Foxborough, Zach Wilson started off that game better, much better than he did the previous game, but then he goes out with an injury. And so I'm kind of looking at that as, okay, maybe he's going to play a little bit better this time around because they're going to, they're going to find some things that, that maybe they'll do better. So I don't think it's necessarily like, oh, he's destined to throw four interceptions again. The other thing that I did not foresee, though I lobbed hints and, and laid the groundwork that it could happen, that Bears game. I mean, that if, if the Patriots don't make the playoffs – that game, I feel like, is going to be a huge one where you're looking back at that and saying, man, if you win that game, maybe the outlook of the season is different because that was a team with a bad offense, the worst passing attack in the NFL, and, and a quarterback that was struggling. But then they found lightning in a bottle, and basically that guy was too good for you. Then again, to, to be fair, he's been too good for just about everybody over the last month. I'm talking about Justin Fields here. But wow like and 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 then you throw in everything else that was happening during that game that was an absolute circus chris it, it was it was you know it's interesting it, it reminded me in some ways because of the fact that chicago basically went outside of what their profile was and and they uh -huh. found something obviously that works in terms of design runs with the quarterback and letting justin fields be justin fields but it reminded me a little bit of when i was covering the team i was on the beat in 2008 and i covered that game yeah. when the Miami Dolphins yeah. unveiled the Wildcat and they was <laughs> Ricky Williams was out there and Ronnie Brown and they unveiled that thing against the Patriots and the Patriots just had like no answer. It wasn't what they were expecting. You know, they had done all the film study on the Dolphins and they hadn't seen that. And it was, you know, obviously not quite as um, novel what Chicago did you know, because Baltimore had done it with Lamar Jackson. But the point is Chicago hadn't done that. Like that's mm -hmm. not something they had done. Right. And so when you go back and look at that and the, the, the other parallel, you're saying, Oh, you know, that could cost them come playoff time. Well, that 2008 Patriots team uh, had a really good record. They, in fact, they won 11 games. They were 11 and five, but they didn't make the playoffs. That was the Matt Castle year. That was the Matt Castle year. And Miami ended up winning the division. And that game really was the difference in everything. And so I think if you're the Patriots, you're hoping that's not sort of a repeat. Now look, big picture. I think the Patriots, again, are sort of where we thought they would be. And even in that stretch, so they start off, right. first four games we knew was tough. They go one and three. Then they really had to make hay before the bye. They end up winning four out of five. I just think maybe they didn't win the four that we thought, you know, they would win. And I actually, I'll be honest, I thought they would win all five. But, but yeah, I, I, did, too. They, I did too. 
maybe they didn't win the four of the five that people thought they would win just because some things shifted, some things changed, and they lose to Chicago. But it is a good point about that. And, and I think that's, again, you know, to your point about that game and, and costume, I think that's all the more reason that this game on Sunday against the Jets is really huge for the Patriots. Yeah, because, I mean, you think about it, right? And, and maybe some of it was the, the circumstance around it, right? You had Monday night football. Everything was kind of weird. I mean, it, it, it reminded me, I, I talked about it before the game, it reminded me of the last Brady game, right? Nighttime football game in Foxborough. It was wet, it was foggy, kind of chilly. You had the silver pants. Like there was just all these <laughs> weird omens popping up. And then the game ends up being drunk off its ass. Like that was <laughs> that was insane. But, but to kind of, yeah, put that away for, for a moment, right? That was you're not looking at, at the Colts game as being like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen if um, you know Mac Jones doesn't perform well against the Colts? But if you don't perform well against the Jets at home, do you start hearing some of those zappy chants, right? Do you, do you get that whole thing? Because I feel like we kind of put it to bed. You know, it's been a couple of weeks. It feels like a fever dream. It was a little while ago. And then now, like, is zappy fever a potentiality if you're struggling against the Jets and you feel everything slipping away? Yeah, that's a great point. And, and, and Bill Belichick has always said, I'm going to do what's in the best interest of the team. And, and I'll even dial it back, Kyrie, to this. You know, I think a lot of people have forgotten what Robert Kraft said back at the owners' meetings and sort of how he set the path and set the tone for the season, which was talking about how disappointed he was that it had been, you know, three seasons since they had won a playoff game. And so he sort of set that out there as the goal. And obviously you can't win a playoff game if you don't make the playoffs. So to your point, if things start to go south in Foxborough on Sunday – with Mac Jones, or even if they ride it through, which I think they probably would in this game with Mac Jones, but yeah. it, it could open up the Bailey Zappi thing again, just because they don't have a huge margin for error here in terms of making the playoffs. So, you know, Bill will do what he thinks is best for the team and what he thinks gives the team the best chance. And there's, there's repercussions of that, right? So short-term, if you want to try and get another jolt with Bailey Zappi, whether it's in this Jets game or against the Vikings, or you get through those two games, you're playing in five days, and then you say, okay, we got to go in a different direction against Buffalo because it didn't go well. In the short term, I see that, but long term, you're raising some huge questions about the future of your team. I mean, one of the things that was great for the Patriots coming in this year was you felt like you'd found your successor to Tom Brady. And if you look at other teams that had runs, and few teams, if any, have had runs as long as the Patriots, maybe the 49ers, you know, in the 80s and 90s, but other teams that were good, you know, when the Dolphins had Dan Marino, when the Bills had Jim Kelly. Look how long it took them to find the next guy. And in Miami, you know, they think they just maybe found it with two. They're still not 100% sure. Obviously, Buffalo with Josh Allen. But look at how many quarterbacks they cycled through mm -hmm. and how long it can take wandering through the quarterback wilderness. The Patriots felt like, okay, it only took us, you know, basically one season with Cam Newton, and now we found our guy. And so if you push that panic button on Mac Jones this year to bring in Zappy to, quote-unquote, save the season – that's great for now, but big picture, it's like you're back at square one. thousand percent. A thousand percent. Because I feel like what people might be missing here is that if you decide you're essentially punting on Mac Jones, right? It's like he's not he's not gonna he's not gonna do it for us this year. We need to go with Bailey Zappi, fourth round rookie Bailey Zappi to save the season or something like that, which again, I, I don't view that as particularly likely. You know, I'm just kind of saying like in, in the eventuality that that happens, or that's what some people want to happen. 
then that's kind of it for Mac Jones. At that point, you basically said, you know what? I, we can't trust you. I feel like at that point, you're talking about trading Mac Jones, you wow. know, and, 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 and giving and giving up because at that point, I mean, what are you going to do? Oh yeah. Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi are going to have a competition next year to see who's going to run this team. To me, that, that, that would just be a major, major, major red flag. And at that point you have no quarterbacks to, to me, that's how I would feel. And then, then, yeah, like you said, you are hitting the reset button and then you're doing it, it opens you up to a slippery slope because then you're like, okay, well, you know, if we, if we're going to go ahead and see if Bailey Zappi's the guy, well, then when Bailey Zappi starts to be Bailey Zappi again, and he's not the guy you thought he was, well, then you're going to go to the next backup and the next backup and the next rookie and, and on and on it goes. And then you're the Chicago bears and you, and you don't have a quarterback for like 20, 30 years or something like that. You, you, you don't have to do that. You know what I mean? The new England Patriots, I don't think they want to be that kind of team. So I feel like you see what you got in Mac Jones. And if he's not it, then you go ahead and find another guy. Don't do this whole backup quarterback dance. That's how I feel anyway. No, I agree with you. And I think this is where you sort of have competing priorities, competing objectives and notions for, for Bill Belichick here. And, mm -hmm. and, and this is one of the reasons I think they're having Mac sort of play the way he's playing. I thought before the year, and I said this, that even more important than the Patriots record was the development of Mac Jones. Yes. You know, his ability to develop yes. as a true franchise quarterback to try and take that leap. And look, I've been someone who's been skeptical of Mac Jones. I was skeptical of him when they when they drafted him. I sort of felt like his ceiling was like a middle of the pack, you know, quarterback, sort of like a, a, a somewhere between like a Derek Carr and a Kirk Cousins. Um, and, but look, with Bill Belichick and it's, it's sort of on record, not with Bill, but in the Ian O'Connor book about Bill Belichick, mm -hmm. there's an unnamed assistant coach who says, you know, we feel like we can win with any of the top 15 quarterbacks. I, mm -hmm. I certainly think Mac Jones is one of the top 15 quarterbacks when he's right in the NFL. So again, to go back to the competing objectives here, here's the thing, you know, the short term, obviously you want to make the playoffs. And if Mac's not playing well, you might have to pull the plug, but long-term you want to develop sort of Mac Jones. And so you could make a case like, okay, he's not playing well right now. But maybe that's not his fault. There's some circumstances outside his control. Obviously, we've talked so much about what the coaching staff is and, and, and all that other stuff. So you just sort of could ride Mac out and say, all right, we'll fix this coaching staff in the offseason, but that could cost you the playoffs. Or you can sort of pull the plug, as you mentioned, on Mac and go with Bailey Zappi. But maybe you do some real long-term damage to both the confidence and the psyche of Mac Jones. So if we do get to that point, I'll be interested to see how Bill Belichick manages the short term and the long term. There are a couple of different threads in that that I want to follow, but let me let me yeah. do this one first. Yep. In your mind, because there have been a lot of there's been a lot of conversation that I feel like I personally kind of push back against this idea that Mac Jones is broken, right? Or just like, or is Mac Jones broken? And I feel like when you when you re-watch and you see some of the things that are going on on film. I'm not even just talking about the bad football that's going on around him at, at times, but even there are just plays where it's like, oh no, Mac Jones is still there. The, the guy that we saw last year, he's still there. He's still on the field doing things, doing good things. And so I'm not a fan of just being like, oh yeah, is he, is he damaged beyond repair or like his confidence is shot. I, I kind of don't like talking about it in, in those terms, but I do want to ask you, we are now halfway through this second season. Some of it's, you know, obviously he's missed games due to injury yeah. and weird benching against 
the Bears on Monday night. But through the halfway point of this, and given everything that has happened around him, is Mac Jones too far gone to, to be the guy? And how big are these last eight games going to be to decide whether or not this is the guy you want to invest in next year when you have more draft picks and you have a lot of money that you could potentially spend to build a team around the dude? I don't think he's too far gone. I, I really don't. And before I abandon him in any way, shape, or form, if I were the Patriots, and remember, he's you know the only quarterback Bill Belichick's ever used a first-round pick on, uh, taken 15th overall. He's the highest-drafted offensive player in the Bill Belichick era of the Patriots. I would switch up the offensive coaching staff. And, and that's not putting all the blame on them, but I think they were a major question mark coming into the year. The offense changed. Mac Jones has said it's a different offense. I don't think the offense necessarily suits him. And sometimes it's just, look, chemistry matters in relationships, both personally, professionally, whatever you want to say. I don't think the chemistry is good between Mac Jones and Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. And again, I'm not even saying that's anybody's fault, but you can have you can have two people who are good at their jobs, but just don't see eye to eye. You can have two people who are really nice people and try and date and it just doesn't work out, right? And so for me, like the he had great chemistry with Josh McDaniels. He has no chemistry with Matt Patricia as a play caller. And I think he has no chemistry with Joe Judge as the, court, as the de facto quarterbacks coach. So I, I would switch it up and try and get somebody who has really good chemistry with him before I would abandon him. I, I think the lesson the Patriots have learned here, though, big picture, is we can't just turn anybody into Tom Brady and we can't just rely on the system. Again, I go back to that quote about, any of the top 15 quarterbacks. I think that what changed for them this year with Mac was they last year when he was a rookie, they were like, okay, you know, we spent all this money. We're doing all this stuff. Josh McDaniels, I thought did a pretty good job protecting him. A la the way he protected and nurtured Matt Castle in 2008. They were not asking Mac Jones to elevate the offense. They were asking the offense to elevate Mac Jones coming into this year, I think sort of baked into their plan was like, okay, yeah, you know, we're used to having a quarterback, Tom Brady, whoever that elevates the the talent around him. If the talent around him is not elite, he, the offense can still operate a really high level because the quarterback gets it to that level. So they were counting on Mac Jones to elevate the offense this year instead of being elevated by it. Instead, the offense has dragged him down. And I think you have to realize the quarterbacks who can elevate the talent around them are very few and far between. And there's not like systems. Kyle Shanahan's learning this, you know, out in San Francisco. It, no matter how great your system is, it's very rare to have a system that can put the quarterback in a position to elevate the talent around him. Either the talent around elevates the quarterback or you have that rare, great quarterback, the Brady Breeze, Rogers Manning, that can elevate the talent around him. But most of the guys, most of the quarterbacks, Mahomes is in that category, can elevate the talent around him. Uh, but most of the quarterbacks, they're a reflection of what's around them. And I think that's that's the lesson for the Patriots this year. You know, don't drink your own Kool-Aid and think you can make anybody into a Tom Brady. Yeah, and you know what? You're I've said this so many times that I just feel like Matt Patricia does not know how to call plays for Matt Jones. He doesn't have to know how to call plays for Bailey Zappi because Bailey Zappi will just do whatever he's told. He's, he's a blank like, slate. Li literally just like Bailey, throw the ball to this guy. Okay, coach. You know, it's like they're not asking him to, to think through. I mean, this is just a fact. They're not asking him to think through things the way they're asking Mac Jones to, where they're sending four verticals down the field 
And, and they're just like, yeah, uh, there's only five men in to protect you, Max. So uh, you go ahead and, and you you figure this out. You go ahead and throw it into, you know, into a tight window with anticipation, even though nobody's looking for the football. Like, this is all on you. And I feel like that that that's a hard thing to ask a second-year quarterback. And people will point to it like, oh, yeah, well, he's supposed to be really smart, isn't he? He's still a second-year quarterback, man. It's like you're asking him to do things that 10-year veterans do. And, and to me, that's... That's not fair. Now, I want to follow that thread a little bit where you're talking about, you know, don't drink the Kool-Aid too much. And I feel like it hit on something that I've been really frustrated about. This idea that we're not going to tailor an offense to a quarterback. We're going to do we're, we're going to do this whole this week by week game plan. Right. The thing that we've always done, we're going to game plan for specific opponents. And as long as you just execute the plays that we call, then that's it. You should be good enough. Where, as you've seen, other quarterback, other teams tailor offenses to their quarterbacks, and what do you know? Those offenses <laughs> play a lot better. Okay, <laughs> like I, I, to me, it's it's maddening. So what I'm, I let me let me boil all this down to a simple question regarding Bill Belichick. Is Bill Belichick too late in his career to to change the way that he does things? Is he being taught? a hard lesson that you can't just be the one that, that makes it all work. You have to actually have elite talent and build around that elite talent. Yeah, that's a great question. So let me unpack that question in a couple of different ways. I mean, I think the irony of the situation for the Patriots and you're absolutely right. They're still a game plan specific team, but as Mac has said, this is a different offense from last year. And so the irony of what you're talking about is that they did try and change. And it's almost like they tried to change too much. If they had just kind of left the mm -hmm. offense alone, the institutional offense that they had, now they were concerned that some of the guys they had brought in, and this has happened over the years, you can go back to Joey Galloway, you could go back to a guy like in the early aughts, like Donald Hayes. They bring in wide receivers from the outside, pass catchers from the outside. They had a difficult time adjusting to a, a site adjustment offense, an offense that's you know, basically not saying like, oh, hey, no matter what yeah. here, you know, you're going to run, uh, a, you know, a sluggo or you're going to run a bang route or you're going to run this. No, your route depends on what the defense is and you have to read it the same way the quarterback does. That That's not everybody can do that. And so you I think they tried in the to first Jets game. Yes. Kobe Myers and Mac Jones weren't on the same page and you had yes. a pick six that you know was called back, fortunately. Yes. And so like, you know, so they tried to simplify this thing. And I think in doing that, they moved away from stuff that work for Mac Jones. So that's one point on your larger question about Bill Belichick. You know, he's a great coach. And, and, and I've said this before. I think having Bill on the sidelines is worth two wins a year. I don't think there's a better coach in the NFL. However, I think there was a mythology built here over two plus decades. That really is absurd, which is the idea that as long as you have this particular coach, no matter who the players are, you'll be a contender and all you need to have is the coach. And, and that's not how it works in sports. And this is not a knock on Bill. You could change the names from Bill Belichick and Tom Brady to Joe Smith and, you know, uh, Jack Johnson. I would feel the same way. You will never convince me that a coach, no matter how great in professional sports, is more important or has a greater impact on winning than the greatest player of all time at the singular most important and influential position in North American professional sports. You're not going to convince me of that. So I just think there was this false narrative all these years of like, Bill will figure it out. And it doesn't matter who the talent is. And you just throw what, you know, it's like iron chef, you throw Bill any ingredients and he'll cook up a gourmet meal, no matter what. 
that's just not realistic. And, and I don't know how much of that Belichick bought, but I think the fan base bought it a lot. And I think they're coming to realize that, oh, okay, like, yeah, Bill's so good that he can take a team with middle-of-the-pack talent and get them into the playoffs, but he can't take a team with middle-of-the-pack talent and a middle-of-the-pack quarterback and make them a genuine contender or even win a playoff game. I mean, he hasn't won a playoff game in New England without Tom Brady. And this is not like a small sample size. You have the 2000 season. You have the 2008 season. You have the season since Brady has left. So I think that this is sort of a lesson for a lot of football followers in New England and not just the Patriots organization. And see, it's interesting because to me, I was chafe at the Belichick or Brady. Like who is, you know, who's really responsible for it? It's like the answer is both. It's always been both because look, sure. how many times have you seen great quarterbacks? Like Drew Brees only ever won one Super Bowl. Like Peyton Manning I, I think in terms of, of skill, intelligence, and ability to elevate a team, he's up there with Tom Brady, right? He's Not one of the clutch, few, though. He didn't have it, the clutch gene. So he was one of the few players, I think, that that maybe was in that air. But again, like, they don't just go out and win six Super Bowls in, in, their, no. in their lifetime. Like, that's not a thing. You had to have Bill Belichick there and his ability to get the rest of the team, you know, the defense included, because Tom Brady doesn't play defense right? To get the rest of the team and the rest of the roster right in order to compete. And so I look at that as you got to have, you know, coach, general manager, you know, whatever, all of that has to be right to have the kind of success that the Patriots have had. That said, I mean, look, when you have the greatest quarterback of all time, of course, everything is going to be a lot easier, right? In the same way that when you have the greatest basketball player of all time on your team, it's a lot easier to win six championships. OK, so to, to, to me, if you're like you said, if you're going to say, OK, which would you rather have the greatest coach of all time or the greatest player of all time? I'm taking the greatest player. Now, please give him a good coach and give him a good situation that that will help maximize his opportunities to continue winning. But it, the, the players win the games in the end. That's what it is. The, the players play. The players win the games. They're the ones who do the job. They're the ones who elevate things on the field. You do need good coaching. You do. Because it's not that often that, you know, always great players can overcome mid teams and mid coaching or bad coaching. So look, it's at, like look you, at the Los you, Angeles Chargers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Justin <laughs> Herbert is, is a freak. He, He's he is, amazing. He is, he is a robot that was designed in a lab to play quarterback in the NFL, and he can't drag that team to a Super Bowl. Okay? There's a lot of injuries, but, I mean, yeah, his offensive coaching is, is bad. His, his overall coaching is suspect, right? So you've got to have it all. But if you're asking me which one I prefer, give me the, the greatest quarterback. Yeah. And I think it's just, again, for me, it's philosophical. You know, I think people, people sort of get their back up when you attach Belichick and Brady's names to it. And, and I agree with you. Like they don't win six without both. There's no question about that. I think where I push back a little is the idea that it's either 50, 50 or like Bill was a greater contributor than Tom. And again, mm -hmm. for me, it's philosophical. It's not about, Bill. it's about Bill's position, not about Bill. It's just that he's a coach. And and you look at some other sports here, and I know cross-sports comparisons can be tricky, dangerous, but I'm just saying, like, I don't think, like, in San Antonio, they're like, you know what? As long as we have pop, like, we're always going to contend for NBA championships. That so hasn't like, been no. true. Yeah, it's like they're like, no, okay, we had Tim Duncan. You know, we had Tony Parker and Manu. We had Kawhi Leonard. 
you need to have the players. And so for me, like I said, it, it's really more of a abstract philosophical discussion about the coach versus the player than it is about Brady versus Belichick. And I think wow. the great thing about, you know, Belichick is again, and we've seen this as long as you have him as the coach, you're going to have a very competitive team and they will be a team that wins some games they shouldn't win just because of the coaching. And they will be a playoff, you know, borderline playoff team or a playoff team. But like taking that next step, mm -hmm. I think that's where the talent matters. That's where you need a greater margin for error. And the talent provides that greater margin for error, particularly at the quarterback position. And again, I'll just say, like, look at the Buffalo Bills. Like, I think Sean McDermott's a good coach, but he's not anywhere near Bill Belichick's class. Did Sean McDermott suddenly become a better coach in the last three years, or did Josh Allen make the leap and become a franchise quarterback? I mean, he is again mutant freakazoid, amazing quarterback, and 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 see that that's it. The Bills are not Super Bowl contenders because of because of a head coach or, or even offensive coordinator, right? Even though they they've had good ones, they've had good offensive coaches. They are where they are because they have one of the three best quarterbacks in football. That's why. I, I I agree with you. No, I totally agree. And, and so that's the question for the Patriots, you know, is we're, we're, again, where is Mac Jones on that quarterback scale? You know, will he be able to get up near the top with Mahomes and Josh Allen and, and those guys? Is he going to be just, you know, top 10, which I think they'd be doing cartwheels over. I, th I think if you give Bill Belichick a top 10 quarterback, you can compete for Super Bowls. Yes. Or this is where I think he falls. Is he more like 14, 15, 16? There's going to be years, you know, he's really good, like a Derek Carr. There'll be years. I mean, people forget, you know, this was one of my initial comparisons for Mac Jones was Andy Dalton. Like, people forget, yeah. like, you know, Andy Dalton made the playoffs, like his first three. Andy Dalton made the playoffs as a rookie, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it took a while for people to figure out, like, okay, Andy Dalton's solid, but he's never going to be elite. Right. And, and I, I honestly think Mac will be better than Andy Dalton, but I'm just using that sort of as an example yeah. where – like people sometimes look at something and say, well, okay, this guy made the playoffs right away. Or, or they look back on a guy's career and say, well, how can you compare that guy to that guy now that we know what the finished product is. But when Andy Dalton was making the playoffs, like the first three years of his career, nobody was like, oh yeah, this guy's just going to be, you know, basically a itinerant, you know, borderline starter quarterback towards the end of his career. People had high hopes for him too. Sometimes they materialize and guys take the leap like Joe Burrow did last year. Sometimes guys don't take the leap. And they sort of are what they are, are what they are, you know, whether it's Derek Carr or, or, or that type of quarterback. Yeah. And you know what, with, with that in mind, right. So you're, you're we're kind of back to Mac Jones here and yeah. you know, the, the, the tier of quarterback that he could fall into, because all those comparisons, I agree with them. Those are ones that I made too. you know, Kirk cousins or, 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 or like kind of like, Kirk Cousins on steroids or Andy Dalton yes. on steroids or something yep. like that. Yep. Yeah. And and I mean, I, I feel like you can you can win with that kind of quarterback, but you have to be a certain level above Kirk Cousins or Andy Dalton to win because of that guy. And I think that you're seeing right now that, and, and again, I don't know that I view this as a huge knock on Mac Jones, that he can't win in spite of what's going on around him, that he cannot transcend it because that's just not, the kind of player that he is right now and maybe he never is we we, we don't know we, we don't, don't know. know we don't know they don't know no one knows <laughs> exactly exactly like we we just don't have the data points yet yes. but right now he's not that guy and and i mean you're you're seeing an example again i keep coming back to this an example in in chicago where it's not perfect and they just lost a game to the lions where they 
should have won the game and they, you know, haven't been able to close out some of this stuff. But that's a dude out there succeeding in spite of not a whole lot of anything going on because there's just a raw talent there that is just magnitudes above what Mac Jones's raw talent is. But let's do this. Bill Belichick is probably going to be the all-time winningest coach. If, if, he, if he plays, if he sticks around for a couple more years, he yes. will break Don Shula's record. He will be the guy. But is he going to win a Super Bowl again? Oh, wow. Um, if I had to <laughs> guess, I would say no. Uh, winning winning a Super Bowl is is obviously extremely challenging. And, and there were so many, you know, the Patriots won six of them. They easily could have won more. They they went to the Super Bowl nine times. There were years I thought for sure they were going to the Super Bowl. 2010 comes to mind. They lost to the Jets in the first playoff game. There's a lot that can happen and a lot that has to go right to win a Super Bowl. Um, you know, he's 70 years old. How much longer does he want to do this? It seems like he's not slowing down. But when I sort of look at it, my guess is that maybe three more seasons because that's what it's going to take to pass Shula. So even if you call it four, is he going to win a Super Bowl in the next four seasons? My guess would be no. You know, I, I think he will win a playoff game. I would not be surprised if he made it to a Super Bowl, but I, I don't think he's going to win another Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, somebody asked me uh, last year, I want to say, actually, before the Bills games <laughs> started coming through. Uh, yeah, it was, it was somebody out in, in New York asked me on a radio appearance, like, how, like do you think uh, Belichick's going to be around in the, next five, in the next five years, by the time he's 75? And I said, I probably not. Like I, I, I don't think so. And it was like, what? What do you mean? Is a Belichick just going to coach forever? It's like there is an expiration date on this. He's he's not going to do this forever. I mean, one way or another, he's he's gonna he's gonna stop. And I think that yeah, unless Mac Jones suddenly does become a top ten quarterback, which would be one hell of a turnaround from where he's at right now, then they're going to have to start this process over again and get somebody new and develop somebody new, or are they going to go ahead and, and just be like, whatever, man, we're going to go ahead and trade for a guy and you know, we're going to get Jimmy G back up in here or, yeah. or something like that. He is a free agent after the season. Yeah. Or in, we're going to, we're going to see if we could do it to me. I, I just feel like the odds are so long and I feel like you almost got to take stock of, of what, what you had here in Foxborough where you had the greatest quarterback of all time. And you had just one of the greatest runs in, in all of professional sports, at least here in, in, in the States, you know, here on this continent, you know what I mean? Yes. But it's so hard to duplicate that kind of thing. And now you're just like everybody else. Now you're waiting to catch lightning in the bottle that one time. And I think that if you had to ask me, I agree with you. The odds are no, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Bill would stick around longer if he felt like he had a chance to win a Super Bowl and they had one of those quarterbacks like, you know, if he felt like he had the Steve Young to, um, you know, Brady sort of Joe Montana, which was a big part of that San Francisco dynasty continuing the, the succession plan. You know, I think if he felt like he had that guy, uh, then then he would stick around. And, you know, who knows? Crazy things have happened. You know, we're sort of just speculating here. But like, yeah. hypothetically speaking, let's say. Aaron Rodgers doesn't like the situation in Green Bay. He's somehow on the trade block. We know Aaron Rodgers and Bill uh, make eyes at each other. There's a mutual uh, admiration society there. Somehow he gets Aaron Rodgers. Then I think it's like, okay, he could win a Super Bowl. And I think he would stick around and take a few shots at that. So I think, you know, this quarterback thing, again, is so huge. And it really, 
is something that looms over the entire organization and the entire organization's future. Because if you look at it from Bill's standpoint, whether you agree with him or not, whatever you think of Jimmy Garoppolo, who I think is another quarterback, you sort of throw into the Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr mm-hmm. bin of where Mac Jones is. In Bill's mind, it's like I he he had the guy. He 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 found the guy to succeed Tom Brady. And then they made him like trade him away. And they said, well, Bill, go figure it out again. You know, you found one guy, go find another guy. And if Mac Jones isn't that guy or Bailey Zappi's not, you know, sort of the Tom Brady fairy tale 2.0, how many times and how much resolve do you have to keep trying to do this? You know, keep trying to go through this process of finding the next guy, especially when you felt like you already did it, but they ripped it away from you. Yeah, it's like, and not just they, but literally Tom Brady made you trade his backup because he wouldn't stop playing well, right? And and it's like, that, that was a blessing at the time, but now it's starting to look more like a curse. But again, it's like every, every single team in the NFL has got to go through this and Patriots are figuring out what that is like. Chris Gasper, Boston Globe columnist, Man, thank you so much. This has been so fun. Just yeah, no, going great. down all the rabbit holes, talking it up. I mean, I love it. I love it. No, this was great, Kyrie. This was great. I really enjoyed it. It, it, it like completely flew by. I think, you know, yeah. we were able to address a lot of like big picture questions about the Patriots. And they're at a really fascinating point. Like I said, you can look at the the micro and the macro of the Patriots. And there's a lot of uncertainty and unknown with both. I mean, we the micro, we focus on the playoff push. But, you know, the macro is who's the quarterback moving forward? Is it still Mac Jones and, and how close are they to getting back to contending for Super Bowls? I think at this time last year, we felt they were closer than we feel like they are right now. So it's always interesting in Foxborough. Oh yeah. And you know what you and I going to be there on Sunday to, to see what the uh, next iteration is, right? You know, again, huge game and boy, would it go a long way to smoothing things over for the New England Patriots if Mac Jones just went out there and did some bad things to the Jets. Oh, 300 yards, three touchdowns. That would, I mean, that would change the narrative again. Mac desperately could use, you know, one of those games. Uh, right now, it's like, just don't turn the ball over, which he didn't do against the Colts. But man, if he goes out there and lights it up, uh, that changes the discussion, changes oh, the outlook for the team. Absolutely would. Looking forward to seeing that with you on Sunday, my man. Till then.